Okay, we're recording. I'm I've not blindsided you with the recording. Everybody knows we're recording. I've said recording about four times. Um, I would like you to know. I would like you. I would like you to know that I currently paused um, episode seven of making a murderer to take time out and record this podcast, part two of making a murderer. So you should feel blessed. I do feel blessed. You are you are actually have a a starring role on on the season of Making a Murderer. Is that true? What was that? You have a starring role on the season of Making a Murderer, don't you? Isn't that true? I don't know. Are you there? Yeah, are you there? Oh, okay. I'm here. Okay. We're about not even five minutes in, and we're having Wi-Fi trouble. This is good. It's annoying as fuck, actually. Yeah. But we'll continue. We'll continue. Yes. I, I believe I saw my teeth in an episode of Making a Murderer. Thank you very much. Um, my teeth will sign autographs later if anyone wants them. Yes. We'll have crowds. It's very fitting that you're. That? We'll have. I'm sure we'll have crowds and lines of people waiting to get their autographs, your Jeep's autographs. <laughs> I think so. And to fill people in um, who have been living under a rock and haven't watched this documentary, like Egg, I'm sure has not watched it. Making a Murderer is about um, trying to prove if Stephen Avery and Brent. And yes, he killed Teresa Hallmark, and there's all this, this evidence that, and, and like theories that evidence was planted against them by the colonies that were convicting them. Anyway, it takes place in our backyard here, and um, Stephen Avery was convicted, and he's trying to overturn that conviction. But meanwhile, he's in prison at the Wapan Correctional Institution, which is directly across the street from the library that I work at. So. It's kind of cool that I get to see it all on Netflix. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it is cool. It it kind of sucks yeah. that Wapan is only known for having a prison, but gotta be known for something. Um, it is called it, it is called Prison City because there are three prisons. So <laughs> four, if you count the Fox Lake Correctional Institution, which is about six miles outside of town and about half a mile across the field from my house. I'm actually staring at it right now. Isn't mm. that something? Mm. Prison City. You know, you know if did when you were a kid, did you ever get nervous when you saw like horror movies that were about like deadly escaped convicts terrorizing nearby towns? No, mainly because um, I'm not a pussy who confuses fact with fiction, so I never really had that issue. Damn. So you know. <laughs> All right. Saying. I'm not saying you are, because you don't watch horror movies, and you're fine. Yeah. You're fine. Speaking of horror movies. Making a Murderer. Yeah. Making a Murderer is something I recommend all of you. <coughs> I know that you're saying speaking of horror movies, because you were listening to the Pen Pals podcast with, with I'm Jess, Gigi, Jess, and that's um, Egg over there in the corner and you might have noticed like i just took the wheel from him this week because it's the halloween special and this shit 
is my jam. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, move aside. I'm running this episode. Normally, I'm content with letting Nag do everything, which probably isn't fair to him, but whatever. But this week, it's the greatest time of year. Christmas? No, it's Halloween. Let's get down to it. It's the Halloween episode. It's it's great. It's also our 20th episode, which is a milestone, you know? Or, or it's our 19th episode, if you consider the fact that Egg never episode two, but we're not going to discuss that today. Can we... Because no one's breaking my stride. Can we just say that in in celebration of the spookiest time of the year, there's no um, there's no limit on Effers and Jeffers because we've dropped two in this intro so far, and I think there we is. I think for the Halloween special, drop those fuckers. Fuck That's yeah! Let's fucking do it. There you go. All right, hey, you're, you're crossing the lines. All right, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. You're not. Alright, well, the stage is yours. So this is the Halloween special, people, and I'm at the helm on this crazy train, and who knows where I'm taking off. We're going to hell in a handbasket. That's what I'm taking it. It's Halloween, and I'm so excited. I just, I'm so excited. I just, I can't even. Egg looks so excited, but I'm so excited. Egg is a religious family, and they never allowed him to celebrate Halloween. He never went trick or treat that one day in his life. But it wasn't because of religious reasons. It's just because they're lazy and never in the country. But I'm still excited. Nice. To be fair. Does that sound right? Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, we would pull corn stalks out and put them near our door. That was our Halloween celebration. Ooh, spooky. Yeah, Ooh. right? What about like when you had to go to school and everyone else was dressed up in costumes? I mean, I was a lot... I was allowed to dress up. My mom wouldn't go out and buy me costumes. So what would you dress up as? Would you just like rummage around the kitchen until you found like a calendar to put on your head or something? I think I, I think I went as a cowboy for about four or five years in a row. Ooh. Just because that wow. was easily available to me. And then uh, sometimes I just say "fuck it" and not go as anything. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. I used to go trick or treating. I went trick or treating until I was like eleven. But like, I came from a bigger family, so like, my parents would force us into these horrendous group costumes. I never always had a choice, really. <laughs> one one time. It was animal themed, so I had to be a dog, but I was sick and I threw up anyway, so I didn't get to go. And then one time it was my parents dressed up as Mr. and Mrs. Claus, and we were all elves. <laughs> and it was hot that Halloween. It was 80 degrees. Miserable. And then I, like, one time it was me and my two brothers and my sister, who was Dorothy, and the rest of us were her little companions. And who do you think was the Tin Man? I was, and when I went to school in fourth grade, dressed as the pink tin man, some kid thought I was a gravy pot. <laughs> gravy pot. Rude. That was actually the last year, I think, that I went to cheating. So, uh, thanks a lot. You were like, I will never be mistaken as a gravy boat ever again. I was like, wow, Brett Purcell, you're real nice. <laughs> you're real nice. You're a 
hockey player, that's real original. You probably want to edit that name out because he still roams that town. I see him on a regular basis. All right, I'll take care of it. Mark the time down. I messed up. So we're gonna we're gonna start with an author spotlight, and the author spotlight that we're gonna be doing is on Stephen King. And Egg is a certain movie that we haven't done Stephen King yet. Correct. Correct. So that's who we're gonna talk about. Egg has never read any of his books. No. Name one. Have you seen any of his movies? No, have you seen any of the movies? No, I've I've not seen either of the It's, nor have I seen, uh, oh, what is it called? The Ebony Tower or something? The Dark Tower? Yeah. Have you seen Christine, Carrie, The Langoliers, The Shining? Have you seen Pet Cemetery? No, but the, the Plant Cemetery movie looks really good. I said pet, I think. You said plant. I don't think so. Hmm. It sounded like plant. Well, perhaps Perhaps I was mistaken. Well, I've been reading Stephen King novels since I was eight. I read it when I was eight years old, and that book is over a thousand pages. And it took me forever. And I would probably really for that in elementary school too probably by the same kid that called me a gravy boat but I don't care I like like Stephen King's novels even you know just the way he like like builds his like story and his characters and like he applies twists throughout how they keep you entertained the entire way so like it kind of creeped me out but not to the point that I, I couldn't read it and then after that, I just started reading all of his books. I read Carrie, which is about the prom queen who gets, who's not really popular, and then they douse her in fake blood, and then she uses her telekinetic abilities to murder everyone at the prom. You know? Right. Yeah, who hasn't had that dream? Right. That's something we can all relate yeah. to. Yeah. It really is. And then I read Christine, which is about a possessed car. I read Cujo about a rabbit St. Bernard that traps a mom and her son in a vehicle. Pet Cemetery. I mean, I just read them all. They're all just great. I just love them all. I haven't read any of his new books, I'll be honest. I don't have time for that nowadays. His books are typically long. There ain't nobody got time for that. Right. But he's a little creepy. He's from Maine. He was born in like the 40s, 1947. All of his stories typically take place in the state of Maine, which is good because I feel like Maine doesn't get a lot of credit. Like nobody really cares. Yeah, let's give them all the let's give them all the terrible ghosts and murdering and such. Why not, right? Yeah. Then again, we come from. I mean, to be fair. Are you? It's yours. Okay. Well, yours. well, it's just every time I talk, the the computer has us talking at the same time. But okay. Right. Well, anyway. Right. I. To be fair, we do come from Wisconsin, which is the land of cheese curds and serial killers. So, we're not much better. I just told you I'm watching Making the Murderer. Although he he's not a killer in my eyes. I think he's creepy, and I would never hang out with him. He's a weirdo for sure, but I don't think he killed that girl. 
I don't. <laughs> so yeah, Stephen King. If I, I, I uh, you're never gonna read a Stephen King book, are you? I would read The Dark Tower. Oh well, that's a whole series. Who has time for that? Mm. You would never watch a Stephen King movie, would you? No, no, never once. Like it, you wouldn't want. No, you wouldn't. I've I've never seen it. But I had a recurring dream about Pennywise the Dancing Clown for a month. So no, I would not watch the uh, It movies. I think the government, even Avery, so they interfered with our podcast. Right. And that going cause this whole situation. Right. They're like, you can't, anyway, you, you back boys. Back to Stephen King. Back to Stephen King. Um, that's a Stephen King. Like, I just think everyone should read his books. I think you should read his books. You never have and you never will. But, <laughs> you know, you can't be... What, 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 what is it about a book that scares you? What is a book going to do? Um, the book itself is not going to hurt anybody. Just like the, the, the movie itself is not going to hurt anybody. It's just like... Here... the What books have up in in suspense is that like you feel what the characters are feel and like your imagination like is allowed to play rampant so like like especially with pennywise the clown it's whatever you fear most like you feel that as the character if the writing is good and stephen king by all accounts is an excellent writer so i i just don't need to feel scared to like i don't enjoy feeling scared period so like i don't go searching that out in my books i just wish that you would step out of your comfort zone once in a while all right but i'm not gonna psychoanalyze you i'm just saying what book would you recommend i'm not not gonna recommend a book to you all right because you do not want to read it and i will respect that what book for everyone else out there who wants a good scare read I would suggest it, but if you don't have a time to read that, definitely carries a good choice. It's a shorter one of his books, and it's very good. Yeah. Oh. That's the author spotlight. You know, you want to play a game. I mean, I'm up, I'm up for it. I'm down. I'm getting down with my bad Let's self. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. The, the game I brought to the table today is our, our classic bit, Title Mine. This is where... Um, we offer each other titles to books or movies, and then the other person comes up with the plot that would be behind the title. Does uh, everyone understand how the game is right. played? Everyone as a me? Yes. Yes. All right. Would you like to... Gizmo is, is busy eating kibble, so I don't think she cares nor understands. Aw. She's a, she's a queen, though. She is. Hmm. Would you like to start, or should I start? Hey, give me a title, because I don't have titles. Okay. My first title, uh, they're all horror-themed, or at least Halloween-themed. Well, that's good, because this is, this is the Halloween motherfucking special. That's right, motherfucker. It's, uh, is this a cult? Is this a cult? Yes, that's the title. That's the title? Yep. And, all right. And so I have to create the plot? Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. I'm sorry, you have so many of these damn games I get confused. No, nope, right. I get it. So, the title, is it is this a cult? It opens up on Halloween night 
and little Cindy Lewis, who's 24, <laughs> not really little, you know, she's, and she's not big, yeah, I'm not saying she's overweight, <laughs> she's an adult, she's, she's handing out candy to the trick-or-treaters, she opens the door, because she thinks there's another trick-or-treater, but it's just a dude with a potato sack on his thing, and she's like, well, what do I do, and he just kind of hands out his hand, and in it is an invitation. He doesn't say a word. She takes it. Little Cindy Lewis, 24-year-old little Cindy Lewis, she takes it, and she opens it, and the guy leaves, and it says, you're invited. Come on out down with an address. And so she goes to the address, which is just two houses down, and it's the old abandoned house, the uh, um, the, the Wickle house. Mm. She opens the door, and she it's empty, and it has been empty since... 1942. Well, she goes down upstairs. Little Cindy Lewis, who's 24. And not little, but also not big. Not saying that she's a large woman. Right. Right. And she sees a bunch of people standing in a pentagram downstairs with candles all lit up. And they're all wearing the burlap sack with the burlap sack guy. And little Cindy Lewis is like, is this a cult? And they all, all turn to her. And the one guy's like, nah, this is just Danny's birthday party. And she's like, oh, good. I was scared because I thought this was a call that you were going to sacrifice me. And they're like, oh, no, we are going to sacrifice you because of cannibals. But we're not into that freaking culture. And they kill little Cindy Lewis, who's 24, and not little, but not big. Man. But she and was a big treat cool. for, uh, what was his name? Dave? Dave. Dave's birthday. Yeah. She was a big tree for Dave. Big treat. Mm. Okay. I've got a title for you. Big on me. It's called, it's called Jack of What Now? Jack of Lantern, but Jack of What Now? Jack of What Now? So obviously, this is sent uh, in the 90s in a little sleepy suburban town. And it stars uh, Seymour. Now, Seymour is uh, about 14, and he's at that age where, like, he could go trick-or-treating. Seymour played by Kevin Hart. (laughs) Yes. Seymour is played by Kevin Hart. And uh, Seymour is at that awkward age where he's like, man, I don't want to go trick-or-treating. Uh, I'm too cool for trick-or-treating, but I also kind of want to get some of that candy. And his little siblings are like, come on, Seymour, take us out trick-or-treating. So Seymour's like, all right, I'll take you out trick-or-treating. They're out. They're having a good time. They're getting some candy. And uh, this dude uh, approaches Seymour and he's like, hey, I hear your your house is getting foreclosed. And Seymour's like, yeah, it's been it's been really hard since mom lost her right side in a snowplow accident last year. Her entire life side. It's kind of like a two face situation, except it's just gone. <laughs> all right, all right, I'm following. I'm following. I'm following. 
the worst part is she she used to fall asleep on her stomach and now every time she tries to do that she just rolls over to the flat side um <laughs> so <laughs> so Seymour was like yeah man it's been really hard and his buddy's like you know what you should try you should try the jack-o'-lantern jack-o'-lantern contest that Richie McDickelberg is hosting this Halloween and he's like what and he's like, yeah, he's handing out a million dollars to whoever can make the best jack-o'-lantern sculpture. And so Seymour attends and uh, everyone, there's a bunch of artisanal people there, a bunch of like famous sculptures. Like, oh, there's Jean Badouchebag over there. And there's Philip Handendick on the other end. And Seymour is like, man, I don't know if I can do it, but <laughs> um, as he's preparing, as he's like sculpting this jack-o'-lantern, he accidentally summons uh, his famous ancestor, who was a sculpture, and together they bond and realize that they both have gone through similar things in life, and uh, they... Together they sculpt the winning jack-o'-lantern and they buy his mom uh, a new right side of her body machine and <laughs> everything is happy. It's jack-o'-what now. what now? I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Very good. Do you have another title for me? I do. Uh, this title is uh, called Daddy Dearest. Daddy Dearest, mm -hmm. basically, like the movie Mommy Dearest. <laughs> Damn it. Just kidding, Are you serious? But Daddy Dearest, yeah. It starts Joan Crawford, or it's about Joan Crawford, and she beats her kid with a wire hanger, and she's like, no wire hangers ever. Anyway, Daddy Dearest takes place in the bustling metropolis of, um, of, uh, of Idaho. Just the whole state, just the bustling. And it follows um, the dad, the titular dad character. His name is um, Samson Samson. And he is played by Chris Pratt. And then he has two daughters. And one of them is played by the girl who plays with Eleven, Millie Bobby Brown on Stranger Things. And her name is Linda. And then the other daughter is named um, Kathy. And she is played by Betty White. <laughs> got that disease that makes her look old and Daddy Dearest basically he won't let he, Chris Pratt won't let Betty White go out trick or treating because her bones are brittle and she'll get hurt and all the other kids will kill her just for some candy and it's not worth it <laughs> but she's only but Daddy Dearest I want to go trick or treating it's my dream isn't that the dream of any 7 year old and he's like but you look like you're 97 and she said don't talk to me like that. She's all like, I, I prohibit you from going out. And then she's like, well, at least you're not letting Linda go, because that would be unfair. And he's like, nah, I'm letting Linda go, because Linda don't have that disease that you have. And that just, that triggers little Kathy. 
And she's like, you son of a bitch. And he's like, I'm sorry, Kathy. What are you going to do? Linda already left. <laughs> well, what ends up happening is the kids start going trick-or-treating and they see Daddy Dearest, you know, Samson Samson, Daddy Dearest, Chris Pratt handing out candy on the porch. He's just holding the bucket and kids are coming up and they're getting it and they're getting it. And then it shows little little Kathy comes outside and she grabs some candy from the bowl and she's like, thank you for letting me go trick-or-treating, Daddy Dearest. And then she goes and she meets up with Linda and she's all like, oh, Daddy Dearest let you go? She's like, yeah, I was able to convince him to let me live a little. And then she's like, that's nice. How did you do it? She said, for me to live a little, he just had to die a little. And he's dead on the porch. The kids have been taking candy for him the whole damn time. And then Linda comes to the realization. And then it freeze frames on her screaming. And that's the end of the movie. Daddy dearest. Dang. I thought you were going to say that she yeah. put poison in the candy. But I'm glad that... The children were not punished. <laughs> no, the children were not punished. Just Daddy Dearest. Dang. Yep. I bet. I bet Brett, Betty White <laughs> would nail that role. Oh, I bet she would. I bet she would. Yeah. I have a title for you. Lay it on me. A horror movie title. Give me it. You ready? Yeah. Man in the basement. Man in the basement. Okay, so, um, there's this boy. His name is George. Boy George, if you will. And, um... Like Boy George, Boy George. Like what? Like the musician Boy George. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. Anyways, Boy George. He's part of Culture Club. Boy George. Anyway, yes. He, um, he goes to a very... He lives in a very unassuming town. Uh, his parents are on the school board. His dad coaches high school basketball. His mom is a very, like, um, a, a small-town lawyer. Like, successful, but not, like, big in corporate, you know? Yes. Yeah. So, and he's an only child, and he's got this fine... No, he's not an only child. He has a little brother. And he's got this fine and happy life, and everything seems going great for them. Uh, they are, like, upper middle class, white, which is always handy um, in this culture. Um, huh? True. Yep. And um, everything seems great, but then, like, one day, uh, he's... He's in sleep. He's asleep, and he hears this rustling under the bed. And he goes, Daddy, Daddy, there's a monster under my bed. And his dad comes in, and, like, he's like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, there's a monster under my bed. And his dad's like, there's no monster under your bed, buddy. Go to sleep. I'll see you in the morning. And, um... He leaves, and then a little while later, uh, Boy George hears more wrestling and banging under his bed. And he begins to call out again, but then this man crawls out from under his bed, and he says, Shh, kid, quiet. They'll put me back in the basement. And George is 
going to freak out really bad. But then he notices that the the stranger is very pale. He's very thin. And he's bleeding all over the place. And then boy George begins to remember all the times his parents kept him from going into the basement for any reason. Kept locks on the basement. Wouldn't let him near the door. So then boy George decides, I need to... I need to get this this guy to safety. Like he begins to realize that, oh, my parents are a little crazy. So like boy George and this man are talking and then they hear like footsteps and he realizes that, oh, his parents are coming in because they realize the the man's escaped. So he, he helps the man hide and, and his dad's like, I thought there was a monster in your bed. And he's like, no, you're right, daddy. I was just... I was just being silly. And uh, they they have to escape his serial killer parents. And, and the stranger turns out to be a really nice... Stranger turns out to be a really nice guy. Uh, and they just run away and have to go on the lam uh, together. Because they can't prove that the parents did anything. There's no evidence. You know, the mom's a lawyer. Right. So she knows all the loopholes. And yeah. Oh, that's right. That's a very good plot. I like it. Thank you. TM, trademark. So, I have. Have you ever heard of two sentence horror stories? Uh, no. Oh, yes. Yes, I have. Have you read any? I read one that was like. The last man on earth sits alone in a room, and then he hears a knock on the door. Yes, that's probably a really famous one. There's just stories that are two sentences and they're creepy, and I'm going to read you some, and you're going to tell me what you think, because you're kind of afraid of a lot of things. Okay. Do you want me to, like, do you want me to, like, rate them? Is that what you're asking? You're going to, yeah, you're going to tell me what you think. Okay. First one, my sister says that mommy killed her. Mommy says that I don't have a sister. Uh, I mean, like, it's probably, like, a girl who's, like, what's it called when you're gifted with spirits? It's not an empath. Clairvoyant. Yeah, she's probably just clairvoyant talking to... is creepy that, like, that she's talking to her dead sister? I think that's creepy. Yeah, it doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> Maybe it's because I talk to my dead twin oh. all the time. Yeah, who fucking asked you? All right. The last thing I saw was my alarm clock flashing 12.07 before she pushed her long, rotting nails through my chest, her other hand muffling my screen. <sighs> I sat bolt upright. Really, it was only a dream. But as I saw my alarm clock read 12.06, I heard my closet door creak open. <laughs> that's gotta get you, cause you hate that. That's you pretty. Hate that. That's pretty good. That is yeah. pretty good. Man. All right. Ooh, this one will get too. I can't move, move, breathe, speak, or hear, and it's so dark all the time. If I knew it would be this lonely, I would have been cremated instead. I mean, like. We've yeah. talked about how I don't like the idea of being buried alive. That's 
that's true. And guess what? That's a nightmare of yours. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this one. This one will get you. I woke to the sound of the baby monitor crackling with a voice accompanying my firstborn child. As I adjusted to a new position, my arm brushed against my wife sleeping next to me. That's creepy. <laughs> yeah, as a hopeful future parent, that's not great. Nope. It's not a good thought. My daughter won't stop crying and screaming in the middle of the night. I visit her grave and ask her to stop, but it doesn't help. <sighs> that's just sad. That Isn't one's it? that one's just sad. This one is the one that keeps me out the most because I'm probably, you know, going to be in this situation. There's a picture on my phone of me sleeping. I live alone. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Horrifying. Imagine how f cocky you have to be to, like, sneak into someone's house, break into their phone, take a picture, and then take a picture of them sleeping and then leave. Like, what kind of dick do you have it to be? be yeah. That's you know? seriously fucked up. Yeah. So I thought I would just share a couple of those with you to see how you how you, you would like them or don't like them or whatever. You didn't seem too enthused about that idea, so I guess I'll never do that again. No, I think doing two sentence stories would be a really cool idea. I liked it. Alright. So... What, what about some plot holes? Oh, plot holes. Ooh, let me, let me bring them up here. Okay. I have a few here. I have a list. Uh, we, can just, we can just rattle a few off. Okay, in the movie Poltergeist, why didn't Tangina know that they didn't move the bodies? So this is in the movie, the clairvoyant, Tangina comes, she says the house is clean, but, you know, it's poltergeist. The house really, really is not clean. So if she was communicating. Right. So first of all, here's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Tangina is one of the, the best icons in horror movies ever. She walks in, she's this little, little stout woman. She's got a high voice. She's like walking in trying to get an energy on the house and everyone following her. And she's just like, do y'all mind hanging back? Get you down in my frequencies. That's why I love it. Anyway, my complaint, you know, this movie's full of plot holes. Mainly, like, you know, she didn't have a body in the house. But what really gets me is the movie's called Poltergeist. And the Poltergeist is a ghost that, or a spirit that manifests from, a, like, a hormonal teenager. And from like energy from a teenager. Oh. Not from like dead bodies that are buried under your house. So I didn't get that to begin with. You could really call it a poltergeist in that sense because it's more of just a good old fashioned haunting. If you really want to get technical, I think you can trace that plot hole a little. You know what I'm saying? Right. Just jam that one right up. Yeah. Nice. Okay, right, okay. Exactly. So, so, in the film Hellraiser, with Pinhead and such, the puzzle box that releases Pinhead and his goons is way too easy to open. They're called, they're called, they're called, they're called Cenobites. Cenobites. First of all, continue. 
Um, so in the first Hellraiser, the uh, puzzle box is super easy to open. Uh, you just like push a button and then run your finger over it. And then suddenly the pleasures and pain of hell are opened up to you. But for some reason, the doctor in Hellbound 2, Hellraiser, needs, or Hellbound, Hellraiser 2, needs to enlist the help of an autistic girl who is great at solving puzzles to open it for him. You that's think that? All I'm saying it's on him. It's just he's stupid. You think that if you have a PhD, you're you can't solve puzzles? That's right. <laughs> PhD puzzle handicapped dick. Oh, <laughs> it all makes sense that's now. That's what it means. All makes sense. Yeah. Okay, I got one more. You ready? Yes. Okay. In the movie. Signs. This is about aliens invading Earth. It turns out that the only way, the only way you can defeat the aliens is by exposing them to water because they're allergic to water and it will kill them. If they're allergic to water, why would they choose to invade Earth? I like to think that they don't know what water is. And so they just they invade Earth by happenstance. They land on Earth and then discover, oh shit, we're allergic to seventy five percent of what covers this entire fucking planet. What the fuck? Would... Right, and like, <clears throat> imagine us going to a different planet and all of the stuff that can kill us that we don't even know about. Like, they probably don't have an equivalent for water on their planet. What if you were on an alien planet? There'd be so much stuff that we had never seen before. Like we don't know if we can eat that glowing green stuff. Probably not. It's probably irradiated or something. We don't know. I'd imagine it'd be like how the first people felt when they reached Australia. Like, oh, it's beautiful here, but all this stuff could kill me. Right. Exactly. Is that? It's crazy that like. I, I have a roommate who's really good with science and stuff. And, yeah. like, just because now that we're on the subject of going to different planets, we could actually, like, go to Mars and set up and slowly, like, build an atmosphere in Mars by putting, like, bacteria on the planet and stuff that would, like, give off what we need to survive. And I think that's awesome. That's so cool. It would take hundreds of years. Yeah. I want. Do you do you want to hear a joke? I do. I would love a joke. So here is what I'm going to tell you. This joke. What happens when? What happens when you take the circumference of a jack o' lantern and you you divide it by its diameter? I don't know what. You get pumpkin pie. 
I get it. Yeah, this is a little taste of this is a, a little taste of my own medicine, huh? Yeah, and also it's leading into the Halloween facts I got for us. Ooh, lay it on us. Did you know Halloween originated around the year four thousand BC, and it's believed that it has its origins in Ireland. Ooh. And it was originally called All Hallows Eve or Witches Night, and it's a pagan holiday. And it's to signify the ending of the harvest and, you know, beginning of winter. Hmm. Ireland does know how to party. Yeah. And it was the night of Samhain. So if you have Samhainophobia, that means you have the fear of Halloween. Oh. And the color, what are, what are the two colors you most associate with Halloween? Orange and black. That's right. Do you know why? Why? Good effort there, kid. <laughs> because orange represents strength and, like, the changing of the harvest colors. And black represents death, which is, you know, the death of, like, the crop and everything and going into the dark winter. That's one of those, the two colors of <clears throat> Halloween are orange and black. I just thought it was because, um, like, you celebrate Halloween at night and because pumpkins are orange. But that's really cool. Um, did you know that the original jack-o'-lanterns were actually turnips? I did, actually. I saw a post on it. Carved turnips. Oh, all right. <laughs> and did you know that they're named jack-o'-lanterns? Because the legend has it that there was this guy named Jack, and he was really stingy, and he somehow cheated the devil three times, so the devil banned him from ever going to heaven or to hell. So he wanders the earth for all eternity carrying his lantern, trying to lead people off of their path. Oh, what a dick. Yeah, you didn't know that. Well, you know what? That's what happens when you play with the devil. <laughs> um, so, like, the concept of trick-or-treating comes from the Celtics because they would leave food on their like outside their houses on Halloween to feed the hungry spirits and prevent them from coming into their house looking for food. So now we go around begging for candy. Oh. Because that's what we do. So, like, what I'm hearing... Is that what was that? Well, like I'm trying to think of how it evolved. So, like it started with us putting food out to obey hungry spirits, and then like some dude must have been like, "I'll just go take Sven's uh, lamb drumstick if he's just gonna leave it out," and then <laughs> enough people right. saw that and were like. That's a really good idea. And then they must have gotten caught. And then some, a bunch of people were like, you know what? If they're hungry, I guess we'll just give them scraps. And then it just turned into a thing. But you see, the modern day, the modern day trick-or-treating didn't come around until 1927 in um, Blackie, Alberta, Canada. That's when people started putting on costumes and shit. And going around begging for candy. Don't ask me how they got to that conclusion. <laughs> but they did. And they did it well. I'll tell you that. Uh, so, another fact. Did you know that Halloween is the second highest grossing commercial holiday in the United States, only behind Christmas? Whoa, really? crazy? If you think about it? I feel like it's the most yeah. overlooked holiday other than Christmas. No, it's the most... 
successful commercially wise. Dang. Also, another fun fact for you, because you know me, I'm full of fun facts. Kids are more likely to get run over and killed by motorists on Halloween night than any other night of the year. You see, that's why that's why I'm glad I never went trick or treating. Because you're the kind of person that would not look ways before crossing the street. Not not just dart right out in front of them. Yeah, not kid, not kid egg. Kid egg would fucking see a uh, Snickers three blocks down and bolt. He'd be out all across the I'm street. Sure, I'm pretty sure twenty year old twenty year old egg would dart out in front of traffic too. I'm not convinced otherwise. I um, mean, is it a full size Snickers? Cities, yes, there are currently two cities in the United States that are fighting each other for the title of Halloween Capital of the World, one being Anoka, Minnesota. I don't know why they want to be the Halloween Capital of the World. The other one being Salem, Massachusetts. And I'm sorry, I have to give it to Salem. What? They're the, they're the capital. They're the witch trials, are you kidding me? What yeah, kind of fight Salem, can Anoka even be put... What kind of Rocky Apollo bullshit is this? And what is Anoka even? What is that? I'm, I don't even know. I don't know. I'm disappointed that's even a competition. It's sickening. <laughs> um, another fun fact is in Mexico, they don't really, like, it's not a pagan holiday and they don't really celebrate Halloween, but the day after, they celebrate Dia de los Muertos, which is the Day of the Dead, and that's a celebration of your ancestors, and that's where you get, like, festive music and colors and the sugar stalled, and it's amazing, and you should watch the movie Coco. No. Oh. I've heard it's good. You know what I'm saying? I, I know it. It, it is good. And Did, another fun fact I have for you is you know the movie Halloween with yeah. Michael Myers and his white ass mask? Yeah. That mask was originally just a William Shat mask from Star Trek. <laughs> they widened the eye holes and they spray painted that shit white. Do you think... So every time you watch Michael Myers killing people, that's William Shatner. <sighs> if I was William Shatner, I'd be a little offended, to be honest. Because somebody like... Set. I think he's cool with it. Is he? Yeah, because you can't tell that it's well William Shatner mask until they tell you. Right. But like somebody no. still had to sit down and be like, what's the most terrifying thing I can imagine? William Shatner if he was wider. Like, thanks. No, that's not how it went. It was just they had a clown mask and all these other masks and they weren't scary enough. So they wanted something that didn't have emotion and was just blank. And they took a William Shatner mask and did that. Yeah, that's true. I saw the new Halloween movie, by the way, and it was excellent. I'm glad. It was probably the, the, the best movie the original. So I recommend that to everyone. Ooh. I think we're going to wrap up the podcast, though. Yeah. And I promise I will never grab the helm of the podcast again. I'll let you run it from now on. I think you did a good job. Until next time. <laughs> Until next time. Really? Because we got disconnected twice. That's not your fault. That's the forces that obey. This is this this has been this has been the Pen Pals podcast with Jess, Gigi, Jess, and Egg. We're signing off. He's gonna end recording. Bye.